Okay. Now, Moto America was at VIR. They ran on VIR North, a track that I have ridden many times. Uh, Moto America uh, did put on a decent show for most of it, but there are some real in uh, real deficiencies with Moto America right now, and I know that you feel that way, and you've brought some of those up before. Uh, the app doesn't function as well as it should. Um, the TV production side isn't as good as they should be. Um, but the racing itself is usually pretty good. The Superbike class for the last, I don't know, six years has been dominated by one rider for pretty much every race. Up mm -hmm. until last year, it was Cameron Bobier for the previous four or five years. Last year, it was Jake Gagne. This year, there's a little more competition, but we are seeing the importance of track knowledge um, with, in, with Jake Gagne in comparison to Danilo Petrucci. Mm -hmm. um, but let's talk about these races for just a second, and I know there's some things that you want to say, um, and there's some things that I want to bring up too. Um, in Superbike, in race one, um, you know, we had, you know, Jake Gagne is doing the Jake Gagne thing right now, right? Like, he's just doing that. Like, that's that's where we are. Um, Matt Skoltz looks really strong. Um, and Danilo Petrucci looks like Danilo Petrucci. Um, just He just needs a shot to in my opinion, learn the tracks a little better. Mm -hmm. But I don't know with what's going on that we're going to get that for a second year. So, Bo, I'll let you take it. What did you think? So, um, I think there's, there's, there's obviously a lot to talk about here. So I want to get the racing um, covered first. Um, yeah. You know, okay. What do you so, think about so race racing? One? Look good. You know, obviously, like you said, Jake Gagne is doing what Jake Gagne does. Uh, race one, you know, Daniel Petrucci, I uh, think he made a mistake in the turn one, maybe, or went off and you know ran off a couple couple of times somewhere. Um, made a made a big mistake, lost some spots there, and he was battling with Matt Skoltz. Um, and then Cam Peterson got in front of him. Matt Skoltz looking really, really good this year. I'm really, really impressed with Matt Skoltz's uh, just level-headedness, I think, on the bike. Yeah. He doesn't override the bike too much. He, he knows where he's at. He's He seems like he's got a really long look right now um, and a really downstream look at the championship, and he's trying right. to position himself to do well there, which I'm, I'm really impressed. I'm really happy with Matt Skoltz. He's on a bike that's not quite as competitive as the uh, – as the fresh and lean progressive Yamaha racing and tack performance, um, right. Mile long name that won't fit on the page. Um, <laughs> the Westby team is such a good team. seems like they, they, they always bring a very cohesive unit. I feel like to the, to the paddock, you know, I'm not sure what it is, right. but for some reason that Westby team seems more like a family than any other team that's out there to me. Um, yeah. Okay. Cam Peterson, I think Cam Peterson showed improvement this this weekend on the uh, on the factory Yamaha. You know, he's he's kind of he knows it's a process. He's moving over from a Suzuki. He's getting used to stuff, um, and, and did well. Uh, like you said, though, 
there are a select few riders that are just far and away above the rest of the field as far as pace goes. Yeah. Um, and what yeah. that is doing is it's affecting race, the, the racing in, in a negative way. I um, agree with you. You know, so, so that kind of, to me, I think, I don't know if we want to segue in there or if you want to kind of weigh in on what, on how you felt about the races this weekend, uh, the racing itself, um, before the outside topics, I guess, you know, the, the collateral topics that we'll talk about Moto America, um, I'll, I'll, I'll default to you to that. See what you think. Um, race two was much closer between the top yep. four guys. Uh, you know, yep. there was only yep. about five seconds that separated the first place down to, uh, down to Cam Peterson in fourth, which was good. Um, but still, you know, three Yamahas and a, and a uh, Ducati. So, and, yep. and then PJ Jacobson was almost 20 seconds off the, off the race win. Yeah. I, I it really wasn't close. I, I, so I, I really struggle I struggle with the the format of Superbike. Like, I, I first of all, we congratulate Jake Gagne because Jake Gagne has taken the class by storm. The years, second year, this is his third year on the the Yamaha R1, but the second year he took the class by storm, and he's continuing that now. I think, I think, apples to apples, and a track that they both know. I don't think he's as fast as Danilo Petrucci. But you cannot discount the amount of experience that Gagne has at every track remaining that Danilo has none. Right. Um, Gagne has probably done hundreds, if not thousands, of laps at VIR. And Danilo's done he, – he was at a track day when it rained, and then he had this weekend. Well, I mean, for what that was, Danilo rode very well. Um, but you're right about Skoltz. Skoltz looks <laughs> – man, Skoltz is just good. He is really, really good. Um, there's no question that that guy can flat out get it. Um, but I think for me, race two, uh, is where we had a little bit of, uh, I guess, controversy at the end of the race. First of all, my, and, and so after reading it, I have a little bit less problem with Moto America, except that. I understand all the reasons they gave. So for, let's recap. The race for first was decided a long time ago. The race for second was not. And Matt Skoltz and Danilo Petrucci came flying down the front straight trying to beat each other, and Skoltz won out. But as you know, you cannot go wide in the kink, and their finish line for some reason, is right close to the kink, which I do not like at all. I think it should be further towards the last turn, but that's just me. Um, so let's stop. Let's pause right there because that is yeah. something that is possible. You know, we've seen that with other tracks. Yes. Um, you know, actually, a, a perfect example of that is another American track, which MotoGP comes to in Coda. Coda. Yeah, you know the start line is much further up the start the the straight on that start right. finish straight where the lights are correct. But the actual yeah. finish line is back by the as soon as they come out of that last corner, so you don't run correct. into that issue if they blow in turn one and end up on the top of the hill in the gravel trap or you know blowing right. that brake marker. We shouldn't we shouldn't have a finish line at a dangerous point in the track. It's at the fastest point, but it's at the most dangerous as well. 
And that, I don't like that. So that's just my personal preference. I'm not trying to call out any rules officials, but I think we could mitigate that and not ever let it happen again by not having the finish line where it is. Now that would cost VIR some money. And obviously VIR or any American track is not trying to spend any money they don't have to, because as I said to you, it seems like good enough is all we care about. And my complaint with the whole situation with Danny Lowe. So he, when he went over the line, he have tried to avoid Dan uh, Skultz and Danilo, you can't go wide. There's nowhere to go. So he ran off track. He falls at 280 kilometers an hour or whatever it was. And there was also a lapped rider there were coming up on though. Correct. Right. Yes. So, so who, who was he trying to avoid? Was it Skultz or I don't, was it that lapped rider? He just said another rider. Right. So the problem here is what you talked about, but, to get through the point about Danilo, Danilo crashing, the TV didn't show it. They they showed Gagne out by himself, riding into turn one, waving to the crowd, versus a very interesting and exciting finish for second. That's just a production mistake. Okay. Yeah. And then they're all watching as Danilo's bike is sliding forever, and you can see him looking back like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And... Danilo was very upset about it. If the statement that Moto America put out was true, that's okay. Here's my thing. You've got a place on that track where people are at very high speed, where we've had a number of accidents in Moto America, track days, whatever. Mm -hmm. You put this big pit wall up on the other side of that track. What was the purpose? Was it just for the camera? Why couldn't we put a crew there? They don't have to have flags just a crew for this exact reason. They may never be used, but when they need to be, they need to be. And so, recently, hang on, recently VIR changed their entire practice to not making every motorcycle rider at a track day get off track before they roll an ambulance. They'll put a flag out that is has an ambulance symbol, a white flag with a red ambulance, letting you know that there's an ambulance on track. The reason they did that was a person that we know had a very bad accident at the kink and was in a really bad state. And they needed to get to him faster. But my problem here is that we did not think about that scenario when we had our professional motorcycle series with bikes that are faster and guys that are pushing harder. I don't understand the thought process. That's where my problem was, was with the, the, and they didn't know where he was, even though he was on the podium. They didn't know why he wasn't at the podium. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That, How does, are you kidding me? It's so, an operations nightmare. I mean, it's an, it's complete operations, just inadequacies across the board. Right. That's right. So the race up until that point, the racing had been really good between Skoltz and Petrucci, and I was happy to see it. I don't. We already knew. I'll, if you want to show me Gagne across the finish line, okay. But then go back to the race. Don't show me him waving to the crowd for 30 seconds. So here's, what, a, here, here's my issue with, with all that, though. Every turn of every lap before that, we get full view of people going through turn one. The camera's not interrupted now. There's another camera that's facing almost down that straight that's getting people coming mm -hmm. into turn one in the break zone. 
So why? Why was it cut away? Why, you know, and and I know that there's some sensitivity about showing crashes. You know, and I know there's some, if if the rider's down, if there, there's there's an issue with that, you don't want to show that. The family doesn't want to see that. Sure. But you know, just for argument's sake, you know, you don't want to see it. But why would you compromise your video, your your video rhythm, more or less? You know, to to not go into that camera, as you have already done multiple times throughout that race. It's just it, it, what's the it's difference? Just a, you know, the the last oh. lap of Moto America is the worst camera work I have ever seen across racing, te- wow. televised racing. The well, last lap of Moto America racing is the worst that, and it's the it's what you want to see the most of in some right. instances when you have these tight battles. But this is where Moto America absolutely drops the ball day in and day out every single race. It is very interesting to me that we haven't. Moto America has been televised now for a few years. And I don't know that they're getting better. Maybe they are. Maybe I need to go back and watch some of the first year, but I don't feel like they are. The other thing that I want to say about the Superbike class is that maybe we shouldn't have it. Maybe Moto America shouldn't have a Superbike class. We have no factory support. We have, we're trying to fill out the grid with a bunch of bikes that aren't as fast, and obviously that causes lappers. Mm-hmm. Why not? If we're if, if the true if the true aim is to develop American riders, if that's the true aim, then why not just do super stock as our top class one thousand as a stock? They can still pay the rider because they don't have to spend one hundred and fifty grand on the bike. Yep. They can pay the rider a decent living wage. He's not going to make a million dollars, but they can pay him a decent living wage. We still won't have factory support. That's okay because it's affordable. I built a super stock bike. I did it. I know how much it costs. It's affordable. We've got Yamaha and Ducati are the really only true choices in that class for a semi-factory team, and I'm talking about Fresh and Lean and, and mm-hmm. the Warhorse team, they're semi-factory, they're not factory. And and I feel like, as I look at our facilities, so after this race and after this debacle, that, then, and you and I talked about it, Danilo's injuries were severe. Like, those were terrible. He did exaggerate a little bit. He was up and walking. But I can tell you, I would have been livid at the situation myself. So I get it. Um, yeah. And but, we, so, but, but this was our chance. My, my problem with it, this was our chance. We had a MotoGP winner in our paddock. Yeah. This is our chance. And repeatedly, we've dropped the ball yeah. at two of our premier tracks. And here's the thing. I started thinking about that as pre- in terms of premier track. And then it dawned on me. Our facilities are so primitive compared to Europe. Yep. Road Atlanta has not a single hard paddock for the bike. VIR, an amazing place. Not a single hard paddock. Everything is intense. We don't deserve, nor do we need a $100,000 super bike that's got to be worked on under a canopy. We don't need that. We should go to Superstock 1000. 
we should do it that way and still developmental. And then we allow our riders over into World Superbike and or Moto2 and or MotoGP because have you watched the Stock 1000 races? They're great. They're great. There's a lot of passing. There's, there's not just four bikes that are a cut above everything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. And those four bikes, they could just run those four bikes honestly in any superbike race, and that's the only four that matter. That's the only four. The other superbikes are not true. They're not factory superbikes. They might be superbikes, but those guys don't have a budget to do what Fresh and Lean or Ducati right. does, or even Westby. Westby's in, been in the game so long, they're getting help, but they're the only ones. There's four bikes. The rest of them are... Should just be in Superstock. Superstock 1000 is a fun class to watch because the bikes are so close and the riders go for it, man. They do. But they don't get the, the prestige because we have the Superbike class. My question is, do we need it? Do our facilities warrant a Superbike class? I'll let you have it now. No, I, you know, that's a, that's a really good point. I don't want to completely shift gears immediately right away because I'm going to focus more on the safety aspect, you know, and kind of that conversation surrounding this. Um, but no, I think what you bring up is a really, really good point. Uh, I, I, I would love to see more of a standardization of, you know, not just a balance of performance really going across the board as far as bikes are concerned. But what that does is, uh, you know, what you're, we do have a talent gap, right? There is a talent gap that exists inside of Supersport compared to Stock 1000. So what bringing those machines closer in spec does is it kind of eliminates the exploit of the talent as well. So, you know, those guys that are super fast on a Superbike, they're still going to be really fast on a Stock 1000. 100%. But it's, but it's going to allow the, the other fellas in the Stock 1000 class to sponge off of those guys because they're going to be a little bit closer for a while, right? They're not going to have, we're not going to see quite as big of a time delta, especially with this Superbike Cup or, or either the Superbike Cup when they run the Stock 1000 bikes in the Superbike races, which is where you're where we're seeing already lappers. a huge di time delta why by the time you're eight lap eight to nine laps into a, a 20 lap race they're already lapping folks and traffic has already spread out that much you shouldn't see that in a sprint race you know lap traffic no. is for is for endurance, endurance. racing. You know, th yeah. that's yeah. when you're going to really start seeing that stuff spread out it's not it shouldn't be in a in a sprint race when it comes to it comes to you, you don't see folks in world superbike that are lapping guys left and right i don't nope. i don't watch british superbike so i'm not sure how it compares but you know, I, to look at the safety aspect of it, it you know, Danilo Petrucci, that was a bad crash. I've never, I've not crashed there. I've not ridden there. I don't know. I don't have a frame of reference for there, right? I, I don't, I can't say it was bad or it wasn't bad. Looked bad. Saw his injuries, you know, saw the social media posts that he made. Um, and it, it, my goodness, at the followers, right? The, the, the visibility that he has into the industry and the way that he made that post. It's no, he was not. Yeah, no, he was not laying on the ground for two minutes. But when nope. you crash a bike, it feels like forever when you're on the ground, right? I mean, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. When you're hurt, no, and I you're get trying that to part. Gather yeah. your stuff back up, and then when he gets up, he looks confused, and that's when the camera finds him. Is when he's walking around and looks confused. There's still nobody out out at him to to greet him to see if he's okay to go where he's at. 
you know, we don't know how, I don't know how far away that ambulance was. I don't know where the medical center is at VIR for these guys. Um, you know, so then you look at Danilo Petrucci's post and then you compare it to what the statement that Moto America made. And then you see posts like Jeff Mays that kind of highlight what happened, you know, and you do see in races, whenever the rider gets up and he's walking around, that normally slows down response time, right? Because the, 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 the inference is that, oh, he's up and he's walking around. He's not too bad off. You know, this guy could be in a world of pain, though, trying to figure out what's going on. And, I'd, and I would dispute that in was, comparison you know? to Europe, though. They're always running to the bike. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying right, it's, right. it's okay. No, no, no. Please don't, don't take it that way at all. Because I think yeah. that we need to have, you know, better, better response time and, and more thorough response to these riders because they are, these riders are not, not just the super bike riders, all yeah, the riders, right? Every like, single right. person that, on the track. It was a, uh, was it last year at the that. Ridge in the, in the yeah, Super oh. Sport 3, or not Super Sport, but the, the Junior Cup race. Kid got ran over in, uh, by a 400, you know I mean? Yeah. And I don't yep. even, I can't even remember if the race was actually red flagged or if it was just a uh, um, a yellow at that point. But I think... Well, I get what you're saying, and that's what I said. I mean, we have that wall out there. It's safe for people to sit behind it now. Then, then get them out but, there so that they can help somebody on that side of the track. We know that people go off in the kink, right? So... Why not, but why not just stations to, of people? Right, but but one thing to keep in mind, and, and one thing that I don't think that, that folks like Jeff May might be thinking about, um, uh, and, but folks like Well, Wayne tell me Rainey what Jeff May should, said, because I didn't see. Um, I, 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 I don't want to butcher it. I mean, he basically, um, I don't want to say he dis, he discounted, you know, Daniel Petrucci's account of what happened, but he kind okay. of... He, he disagreed. He, kinda, he, he politically disagreed with it in a very in a constructive way saying you know it, it, it wasn't completely moto america's issue there was some you know it wasn't two minutes it was you know he got up and walked away and, and this is you know that it was it wasn't it was almost condoning the moto america response time but the problem that i have with that is okay we're in moto we've got moto america in the united states we have a world-class rider a moto, like you said a multiple time moto gp winner the only rider who has ever won a MotoGP race and a Dakar stage that has come over to America and is and is racing with us and is racing with with Moto America, his frame of reference is so different than what Jeff May's frame of reference is. It's oh, so 100%, different than what. You know, and if anyone if anyone has a close frame of re- well, I mean, the only person on the grid who shares the same frame of reference is Hector Barbara. Hector right. Barber understands what the the response should be. Hector Barber's been there before. He's raced in MotoGP. So, yep. in my and 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 another individual that should understand that is is the man running Moto America. So that's yep. where my issue comes in the disconnect is you know as Wayne Rainey, you need to be not simply focused on the name that you have put on the grid, but you need to include this individual in conversations on how to make your organization a better one. But, you know, he, right. Daniel Petrucci has I, brought up fundamental issues within Moto America already multiple times this year, and he, I feel like he's been silenced for, for it, honestly. He's just been ignored, really. I don't know if he's been silenced. Well, I I, like so if you ignored. pay attention to some of his social media posts, you know, his first so the, the first media post, I guess, after he spoke out about the laugh riders at Road Atlanta, um, his next kind of advertisement, if you will, was very 
vague and bottled almost and and very just vanilla ice cream packaged as if he did not type it whatsoever or someone told him what he had to type out yeah um, I, and, and you know I, clearly this social media post was i'm sick of this i'm not i'm you know this is i'm going to tell everyone about this and this is what happened and so, this is my account yeah i i think so i made the statement about no no hard paddock you know no building no garages is what I mean. No garages. And there's yeah. only one track for the rest of the year that has garages in the U.S., and that's Laguna Seca. And that is absolutely astounding to me. I mean, I've been to Barber. Barber is an beautiful facility. It's amazing. The track is amazing. There are no hard garages there. Um, so for Danilo, you know, if you take you take into account his view on the lappers which is ridiculous he thinks it's ridiculous they're out there i can't argue they shouldn't be they're not they're we know we made that statement sometimes hey the guy in last place is still racing they're not racing what are they doing they're doing a track day um not really not two minutes behind them um the lappers the this event and then what he sees at every track when he rolls up to these tracks people probably tell him oh it's amazing he rolls up he's like what is this yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. we are primitive I, yeah that's why i, I say that i think people really forget daniel petrucci's frame of reference um, right. but i think it's I a agree very important one to to consider and and we need to default to that knowledge and that experience a little bit more to say, you know, how can how can we make this better? I mean, obviously, I think we know how to make it better, right? You you put right put a pad, you know, put a hard garage in, or or build runoff, or build a. And I um, realize that costs a lot of money. Yes, but that but which it, we're getting to the root of the problem. Uh, and, right, and the it's attention money to racing, right? And the, and, and the, everybody's going to tell you that you have to get the attention there, and then the money comes. I yep. don't care. I, listen, I don't care about that because I think that's a lie. You don't just build the hard garages for motorcycle racing. You build it for all of it. And these tracks, VIR, Road Atlanta, they're being used three to four days a week, and they don't have them. Yep. So don't tell me that you well, have I mean, to raise the visibility, the biggest, and then you get it. You've yeah. got one of the, the bigger endurance races on the East Coast and, and, and more an iconic in uh, the Petit Le Mans that happens at Road Atlanta. Uh, you know, every yep. year. So well, it's warranted. That's right. And they brought Michelin on to be the title sponsor of that track. You know what they built? A press box. Right. It's just yep. absolute garbage. We didn't improve any facilities, not the electric, not the bathrooms, not the paddock, nothing. We but built a VIPs press box. can sit on the roof. The, exactly. So And not even watch the racing, which is the, the most no. ridiculous part about it. Right. So we have we have a primitive setup here, and VIR is the same thing. VIR is a wonderful track. The pavement is in it looks terrible when you compare it to the tracks over in Europe. It looks terrible. Is the pavement terrible? No, not really. It's not bad. It's got good grip. It looks terrible. Just look yeah. at it. Just look at it. That's all you have to do. Road Atlanta is no different. It's unbelievable to me. And you can't tell me that we have to raise the visibility of motorcycling because these sports are using these tracks so often. Cars and bikes, it's not just for the bikes, this, this hard garage, this building. It's not that. 
but they're just not doing it because the owners of the track are just pocketing the money. I realize that it's not inexpensive to ride run these facilities. They're very expensive. You've got a lot of people to pay. A lot of maintenance has to be done. I get all of that. But when you charge $50,000 a day to rent the track, and you've got nine corner workers, you're not paying them $100 an hour. I guarantee it. And nowhere in the world's paying that. I'm just saying that the money of these facilities is going into the pockets and instead of the facility of itself, upgrading the facility, which I think would attract more. I think, you know, they just talked about trying to get MotoGP back to Laguna Seca. Mm -hmm. They did $20 million of improvements were, were uh, approved to do it to the track, to try and attract MotoGP back. Well, I don't know that that's going to happen, but at least it's a shot. I just feel like, our racing facilities, if you take Coda and Laguna Seca and even Indy, they're not running at Indy this year, but if they were, that those are our premier facilities. You take those out and everything else is really pretty primitive. The tracks are good. They're a lot of fun, but they're primitive, and that's just how it is. And I don't believe yeah. that we are warranting having a superbike class when those bikes cost more than a hundred grand to put together because they're not off the showroom floor with some bolt-on parts they're not they're taken all the way apart and every piece is touched right like just right. about so you, you you don't need to try and sustain that when you're not having it you don't have that but the stock 1000 class is super healthy it's super healthy and people would do that, and I think you would be just as successful sending people overseas as you are now with this overpriced class. That's how I feel about it. Um, you, I love, I, I love looking at those bikes, but I just don't, I don't think it's the time when we get better facilities and more interest. Absolutely, bring a superbike class when factories want to be here bring superbike classes. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, Moto America is trying to run before they can walk and is is kind of where I'm at with it, like you're saying. You know, we the partnerships have to be in place. The, the business development, the plan has to be, has to fall in line. You can't have, we're so focused about, what is it uh, Fox that, that Moto America partnered with to actually get airtime um, on, oh, yeah. on TV now? I, I'm sorry, if... The, you you meant you touched on the app. You know, uh, Moto America. The app's terrible. Your app is horrible. I'm sorry. That's not an expensive fix. It's just not. Right. You just need somebody that knows what they're doing. I, but so, but not. even look at you know look at apps like the you know even the F1 TV app, and you know the Moto the Moto GP app. They they work well. They work very well. And yep. uh, you know so maybe look at the possibly development of those fine talent. You seek out that talent. And like you're saying, why don't where are you where are you allocating your revenue at? You know, is it lining Wayne Rainey's pocket? You know, where, what's going no, on with that? Where's so. that? I don't think there's a lot of revenue you know? to go around. Well, yeah. that could be true, but if you are partnering to, you know, if you want to get partnerships with Fox, you need to make sure that you're providing good quality camera content, which you're really not right now. It, it, like People I said, have to want to watch it. Too, yeah, right. It's not yeah. It, to me. It's frustrating. To me, to watch a, a Moto America race is exciting all the way up to the last lap. The last lap, I know that I'm not going to see what I want to see on track. 
well, I, 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 that's unfortunate. <laughs> I just, it, it really is. It, it's, oh man, I, 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 I know it. Gosh, I feel and this, like we're bagging on them. And yeah, I, and I, I, I really hate it because we've got some great, great people that are dumping so much time and so much effort and so much of their own investment into Moto America to make the to make the series great. You know, I mean, folks like Brian Van at Sport Bike Track Year, great guy, great, absolutely. You no, know, I, salt I love of the, the earth, Junior you know? Cup. And, the Twins yeah. Cup is great racing. The Junior Cup. We need to get rid of the baggers and the hooligans. burn the baggers. They don't need to be in the. the stop we don't it. need that. You you if you have Junior Cup, Twins Cup, Super Sport, and Stock One Thousand, man, that is plenty of racing. That is a ton of racing. It's a ton, and it'll all be good and close and hard fought, and people will watch that. That's what I believe. I believe that. Doesn't Dan like the, the bagger class? Dan loves the bagger class. Maybe. I don't know. I, we'll have to ask Dan. But I, I feel like, you know, I, I, I feel bad that I am even on this soapbox about it. But I, it just really bothers me that I, I feel like, I just feel like we're so primitive in our facilities comparatively that it just dawned on me while I was watching. I was like, why don't we have super bikes? So I'll put that out there in the ether Maybe everybody else disagrees, but I just don't think so. I just I think we're just just fine. Well, we wouldn't with be stock up, one thousand. We wouldn't be upset if we didn't care about it, right? If we if we weren't right. passionate about right. the the growth that Moto America and the potential that Moto America has, right. we wouldn't be upset at, at, at what's going on right now. Um, and, well, and the the dis, the distaste I, that you know our premier rider right. has with it. Well, the argument that could be made is that you know over in World Superbike, only three of those guys figure. The thing is, those are actual factory teams from BMW, from Honda, Kawasaki. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you've got three, uh, you have four factory teams over there. Wait, wait, how many? You got BMW, Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha, and uh, four, right? We have four factories over there. That's eight riders. And there there are some other superbike teams that are privateer, but that Aruba, that, that Go 11 Ducati is doing great. It's yep. one, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, so it's close, it's close to the same spec because there's money in it. I just wish that, you know, we had the same facilities and the same money. We don't. So I think we have to adapt our series to that. Now, I think that's what they tried to do with hooligan and bagger classes, but those are, those are not going to go anywhere. That's just to be out on track. I mean, and then the, the other thing is that the Royal Enfield class is there as well and i don't want to bag on that class because it's people that are racing but i couldn't tell you a single rider in that class because it just doesn't interest me and i am a hardcore race fan um so i think we need to talk about something else because this is kind of taking a downer but i think um you know for me that's where i stand right now I know that we're always trying to improve and I know that improvements are slow to come. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that we can keep improving um, our facilities, our series, everything about it. Uh, let's talk about super sport. 47 year old man won the f first race. Josh Hayes. <laughs> That's um, awesome. I was so happy. I was, I was listen, so I was having old, happened. I was yeah. so old man day, but, is that an indictment of our super sport class? How do you feel? 
I mean, it could be. I mean, Rocco Landers is three and three point seven seconds off that win. You know, yeah. I mean, Tyler Scott looked fantastic on the on the seven. I do think Tyler Scott you has know? a future, man. He does look amazing. Yeah. Did you see that picture that he posted when he met Josh Hayes? Too? Yeah. Yeah, seven <laughs> years ago when he was nine. So no, now I, he's racing, Jason, Josh Hayes. That's pretty cool. I, I'm so happy for Josh Hayes. I think that's really cool. I, I think Josh Hayes is 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 awesome. I'm I'm a huge Josh Hayes fan. Um, yeah, me too. You know, I, I do. I, I think that I was a little bit um, uh, disappointed in uh, Sam Lockoff. I think with this race, uh, where did he end up? You he's know, still 12th? super injured, man. He's still got a yeah. broken leg. Um, I, I I know what you're saying, but I, but I, I think I'm he's got. To, I think he's got something special this year. Um, he could be bringing it. You know. Um, yeah, that Suzuki 750. That's yeah, going to be a tough one in this class, I think. Yeah. It's it, they're getting better and better every week, getting closer to Heron on the duck. Uh, Josh Hayes, of course, you know Heron ran off in race one, right? Um, right. And so, but you know Josh Hayes, I mean, he man, a, a one and two, what a what a weekend. Um, and he took it to, I think, to to Josh Heron too. I mean, it wasn't yeah, like oh, yeah. you know Josh Heron ran off after he after he yeah. passed him, right? So I mean, yeah. He well, then him Josh Heron him, got know? him back in race two. But what do you think about Heron's comments? After race, I didn't. One. I didn't catch the. I didn't catch that. What did he say? He said, "I'd like to be happy for Josh Hayes, but I'm just not." <laughs> okay, I have three words for that. Classic Josh Heron. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 it is classic Josh Heron, but I, I do think that the Supersport class is in a good place. Um, Lockoff, as you mentioned, is 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 running really well. Uh, he did have an. He did have some problems in race one. Um, or race two, he crashed in race two, um, but he looks good. When, and, and I think he'll get it figured out when he gets healthy. Mm. Tyler Scott, my goodness, sixteen years old and up there close to the front, moving. What what a future, man! I'm excited for his future. Um, and you know that 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 Ducati looks like a good bike. Honestly, it really does. Um, I'm interested to see how Heron rides it the rest of the year. So this this kind of bodes well for me with Tyler Scott because he's he's jumping on a 750. He's 16 years old. He's jumping on a 750 and he's running with these guys up front, right? Yep. So what does that tell you, or what does that speak for the future? We've got a Moto Two class that is running a similar power spec now, different chassis though, you know, and and the in the Calix, you know, predominantly Calix chassis. So right. could Tyler Scott possibly be the next American hope that, you know, get some experience inside of Moto America and possibly move to Europe and get out? I, I think that's the goal. I think that's what people are seeing right now. I don't know enough about Tyler Scott to say for sure that's what he'll do. I I, I will have to watch him the rest of the year. There's a lot of racing left to go. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think I don't for know him, that's I, premature, yeah. but you know, I mean, we can start talking. We got to talk about positive stuff now that we've completely. Yeah, know, no, we we went too far off on the deep end on the other end. But I, I what, what I will say about that is, you know, that that does make me feel good. I feel like that's great that we have the chance possibly to watch Tyler Scott grow up, and then if he goes across the pond, man, that'll be awesome. You know, um, but in reality, the story of the weekend was Josh Hayes. Like just his ability, he's still he's still just such a good motorcycle rider and a good racer. Um, and he made the. I was watching his interview on the grid. He was like, you know, I get to be a racer again. Yeah. And you know, you miss that. And I I felt for him because he's a year older than me, and our best days are are back in the rearview, bud. But the fact that you went out there and won a race, 
tip of the cap. That was awesome. But also to the rest of the field, what are you doing? <laughs> Let's go. Now, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to indict Tyler Scott. He's 16. If he was 18, I would say, Tyler, you can't let that happen, man. But, and Josh Heron, you can't let that happen. But to that end, he did win. He caught lightning in a bottle. He may not figure the rest of the year. That'll be okay. He may not race. I don't know how much he's going to race. But I know that it was cool to see Josh Hayes back on the top spot of the box because he is a great rider. Um, but I, I'm hopeful for Tyler Scott. I'm hopeful for Sam Lockoff because he's not an American, but he's over here, so I'd like to see him go do well. You know, I'd cheer for him yeah. in the Moto2 paddock or whatever. I would definitely do that. Um, but really, I think, you know, we just about covered it. Yeah, I think so. I, I want to touch back I mean, on the Moto America thing, you know, not in a negative light, but, um, you know, again, we'd only harp on this because we want to see it improve because we want to to meet the world stage, you know, and we I know, agree. That the, we know yeah. the world stage isn't going to meet us where we're at. You know, we need to no. we, we need to build ourselves up to get our riders there. And that's what we ultimately want, because I, I'm telling you, man, that there was it, it, it doesn't get too much better than here in the Star Spangled Banner you know, whenever it's being Man. played from the top of a MotoGP, uh, no, pat, uh, you know, no, podium, I right? I loved it. Yeah, no, I so, watched the whole thing. We want to hear it the more. whole song. So, yep, yeah, we really do. You're right, and and uh, we could have been. I think we could have been a little more positive. A couple of things, but the frustration was boiling over. Uh, I'm glad we didn't do it Sunday night. I would have gone scorched earth. <laughs> It was yeah. It would it have was, been uh, colorful. Was, yeah. we, it wouldn't have been a yeah. Disney Channel, it, you know. No, I, I but I, I, I realized, but I don't think Moto America should have responded the way they did. I just feel like you knew that it wasn't that way. You could have said, you know, we're talking with Danilo, going over exactly what happened, and we'll try to be better in the future. You didn't need to lay it out for us that Danilo was wrong and try to discredit him. Don't dismiss um, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. right. And and I don't. I didn't like that. But I at the same time, um, he. He had just crashed. He didn't know how long he'd been on the ground. He did go through a sign. He thought he went through two. When you're crashing that fast, a lot of things are happening you don't know. You know what I mean? And yep. and I I felt for him. I'm sorry that he crashed. I hope he's okay. There are rumors that he wants to leave. And I'm not surprised, but I hope he doesn't. Yeah, um, same here. I, I want I want him to yeah. know that, you know, we do value his presence here in the moment. A hundred percent, we do. Yeah, absolutely, some some people that. may not, but I certainly do. Um, and you know, I think most of the real race fans in the country would. They, you know, sometimes we get a little bit nationalistic, and if you don't like it, then you can go away and all this stuff. Yeah. But he's we pointing out some things that, yeah, he's pointing yeah. out some things that we need to improve. I, I I think. Yes, absolutely. We need to take that input and in, 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 into consideration. Right. And, and form for the future. Right. We we need to take what we can use and throw the rest away. Like right. the the anger and the hurt feelings yeah, and all that yeah. stuff. We can get rid of that. But let's listen to the core of what he's talking about. Yeah, we do have a little bit too much of a disparity in the lap times in the Superbike race. So maybe the Superbike Cup or whatever it is, the Superstock Cup, Superbike Cup, shouldn't really be there. And then you say, well, we don't have enough on the grid. Well, then should we really have a Superbike class? Right. Because they don't, we don't really need that. Because like I said... There were how I think it was almost thirty. I think it was thirty super stock one thousand bikes hmm. on the grid. So we have plenty of super stock one thousand bikes. 
And I think we need to tighten up our qualifying. Absolutely, times. that's an, that's a that's a where I was going to say that's what I was going to go with. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think we need that's to tighten that up. Perfect opportunity think, to to yep. tighten that down. Yep, absolutely. Instead of sixty percent, like one point six percent or a hundred, you know, one hundred and sixty percent of the yeah. poll time, mm-hmm. maybe it needs to be thirty, maybe twenty. You know, L- let's let's look at that because there are ways to fix this. And um, we're amateurs; we don't know, but. At the same time, we love the sport and we don't want to see it go away because there's some small things that could have been fixed that weren't fixed. Right. And and make our series better. Um, this is growing pains and we're here to grow with them. So I, I, I we're like you said, we we we're upset because we're passionate and we care and we want to see it do well. And uh, that's all. That's where it comes from. It's a yeah. place of hope. So. Um, but that's it for me tonight, Bo. I, I think we've talked enough, and hopefully we didn't lose all of our listeners. But, um, you know, we said what we had to say. That's what our podcast is for, to say what we think. And um, that's what we did. You got anything else? No, I'm good, man. Okay. Well, I am too. I'm looking forward to the next round with Moto America. Hopefully we'll have some good racing and some real positive vibes. Uh, but if you're out there riding on the street, if you're going to the track this weekend, please, please, please keep that shiny side up, that rubber side down. And um, listen, if you're not following us on social media, please do. We're on park, we're at Parked and Turn 1 on Facebook and Instagram. Please follow us there. We'll post up every time we put up new episodes and everything. But uh, I'm Captain Novice saying good night with my man, Bo. Have a good one, guys.